Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY, and you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm Foodafan on Instagram and on Twitter. I have a blog at foodafan.com. Hello, my name is Cray, and I'm Admiralcat on Instagram. And I'm Elisa. I'm Inky Rocks on YouTube and, and Instagram. Hello, I'm Akane. Just Akane. <laughs> And welcome to episode. I believe this is thirty-four. And Jacob,、uh, you know we are super appreciative of all of our listeners. And our listeners sometimes write in reviews for us because the best way for you to support this podcast right now is to go onto Apple Podcast and help us write a review and let people know why you listen to the podcast. And in order to show our thanks, we want to read、uh, two reviews because that is our tradition on this podcast. So I'll go ahead. And read the first one. And this one, I am very, very sorry. I cannot read. I, I I don't know how to pronounce the name. I think it's Mer, um, Mer Goparian, um, M H E R. And、uh, this person says,、uh, five stars. Therapy podcast at the end of the weekend. Good news to Jacob.、Um, I love the effort that C Y and Jacob put. Into these podcasts to inform us, the viewers, about the updates in the Japanese stationary world. Living in Japan and understanding both Japanese and English enables them to bring non-Japanese speakers close to the stationary world of Japan. The dynamics of the two hosts and their guests make this podcast fun, relaxing, and informative, keeping me eager for the newest releases. Unlike other podcasts. Uh, this podcast deserves to get more views. I encourage everyone who loves Japanese stationery to listen to these two gentlemen and support their work as I did. Stay safe, heart. Well, thank you very much.、Uh, we really appreciate that. I think there are a few other podcasts that we also enjoy in the in the stationery、uh, kind of world as well. So you know, I'll give a shout out to, for example,、um, you know, Pen Addict, obviously,、uh, the Stationery Cafe, Nip Section. Um, but I think there are other podcasts that we also enjoy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, the second,、uh, the second review, and let's see. This review is from、uh, Rose Amy Clara via Apple Podcasts, and Rose Amy Clara says five stars, informative, funny, and interesting. I was going to give this a four star review so that Jacob could feel like it was more realistic. <laughs> But I didn't want to mess with the overall podcast rating, as I do believe it is a five-star podcast.、Uh, cry laugh emoji. I always enjoy listening in on the Japanese pen scene and hearing CY's, Jacobs, and their guest stars' take on new pens, old pens, and inks. I like how everyone has their distinct tastes, but with some overlap. It's representative of the larger pen world, and their agreements and disagreements make for much more interesting listening. Also, I'm here for the politics. Nothing is apolitical, and it's important to use your platform for what you believe in. Keep on being opinionated, awesome, and creative. Well, thank you very much,、uh, Rose, Amy, Clara. We really appreciate your support. I, for one, agree.、Um, Jacob may disagree with that,、uh, but I, I do、uh, believe in that as well. So, thank you very much for your support. All right, and.、Um, I think that's all in terms of the reviews today.、Uh, we've got quite an action-packed episode today, so I'm just going to dive right into it with the acquisitions. So、um, I got a interesting package,、uh, a few interesting packages、uh, recently. I got finally in my own Moonman Q1, which is the fat chubby pen, and I have now installed a Pilot Parallel. So I shaved down the Uh, the pilot parallel feed so that it would fit into the Moonman housing, and then I I kind of、um, kind of ground the the parallel itself to be kind of a curved shape so that I can play with it like a folded nib. And I have to say it's it's quite fun. I really like the juxtaposition of such a small pen laying out such large fat lines. I just think that's hilarious. And I got a few in, so Kui, you also got one of these pens, right? What do you think about?、Um, I really like it. I really like、um, it. Looked like the Sailor Moon magic wand, so I chose the very bright orange, pinky ink, the、um, 
Sailor Manio Sakura, and I mix it with some uh, shimmering violet, super violet liquid from Tono and Lim. So it gives kind of a pearlescent effect. So it's really neon, but when you shake it like a magic wand, then it's like pearlescent, so very dreamy. But I haven't really played with it because I have the original nib inside and I wanted to put a pilot parallel too. So next step. Yeah, and I also got another package from Izumi. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Izumi is a guy that uh, that has a Taobao store and has designed several very popular sailor pens in the past. And he's also on Instagram as, I believe, um, Izumi Pen. So Izumi underscore pen. And he has kind of, I would say, a special relationship with Sailor in that he's able to commission a lot of small lot, um, very rare, you know, limited to like 50 pieces, you know, 60 pieces. And I got in from him what he calls the Blue Train and the Coral Reef. And I think there's some kind of a question mark around this because... Um, what I specifically asked him, I specifically asked him, are these the pens that you have designed? And he specifically responded, yes, I have designed these pens. But there seems to be, and I'm talking to you here, um, there seems to be almost like an overlap of what they've done and what Penpoint in Tama have done. So I haven't done my full research on this yet, but I do find that quite interesting. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's very strange because when I saw him posting the the picture of the coral reef, uh, I was like, oh, he got the um, limited edition on Penpoint. I think that was released in 2017 or 18. And I I bought it there uh, in Tama. And the lady told me that she has maybe five or six left, but it was from a lim- like a, a series she, she ordered some years ago. And the name is Coral Reef, like in Japanese. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it's translated to Coral Reef. And it's exactly the same pen as um, the one uh, Izumi um, San uh, is sharing, and they have, he has the pen pen point nib. The the um, on some picture you can have he, he has a pen point. The one that I got was a standard uh, sailor bicolor nib. Okay, because I I saw on his um, on his feed he has one with the pen point like this one. Go go. And uh, uh, no, sorry, another one. And people wanted for the nib, and I was like, it's very strange. At least I got the one with pen point nib. Yeah, the one that he has, he says, is from Sailor 2018, mm-hmm. uh, limited quantities of 50. So I don't know. It might just be that they've named the pens the same name or that it looks very similar. But for sure, next time uh, when you come back from Switzerland, we have to bring both mm-hmm. pens and like, compare side by side. Yeah. Um, but Jacob, you also got a few things uh, from your taxes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we talked previously about these uh, metal dip pens, these Drillog pens, and, and Alessa here has done good reviews about these pens. And I think I said in a recent episode that I I bought this pen in a very roundabout way through this uh, like tax scheme here in Japan called Hometown Tax of Furutato Noze, which was a bit complicated. And it took a bit of time, but I finally got my, my Drillog pen. And by the way, um, Drillog tweeted this week that there had been a grand total of three people um, getting the pen through hometown tax. I'm one of the three people doing it this way. So that says something about how complicated the procedure is. But So I got the pen now, and it's kind of why I remember it from tips, which is that the nib works very well and you, you dip it once you can write like a whole page but at least the one i have which is this sort of a twisted um faceted design it's it's a bit uncomfortable to hold for sure i mean you can get used to it you can find a position that kind of works but it's not the most comfortable pen to hold for sure it's like a twisted um body right and yeah. i think uh because there's quite a lot of facets so yeah. the facets become quite sharp 
It looks like an IKEA uh, tool, you know, to, to, yeah. to, to, to yeah. assemble your furniture. I mean, you can find a position that works for you, but, but you have to, to try better and, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty sharp. But uh, yeah, I, I like it and um, I've been playing around with it a little bit and I think you're going to do a blog post about it uh, when I have time. But um, I also saw, related to that, I saw that Drillog is now doing a Kickstarter campaign. So they're going to sell the pens overseas via Kickstarter. So. They've just announced that they're doing the campaign now. You can sign up to be notified, but I haven't started the campaign yet. So that'll be something to look forward to. See, what's interesting to me about that is why couldn't they just have sold it to, to people overseas anyways? You just, you just take a PayPal invoice, you charge them for the shipping, and you sell that. So for me, it, it's a bit strange that they felt the need to go and do a Kickstarter campaign. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I'm not sure what the reason is. I haven't, haven't read about it, but I, for some reason, it looks like they, they think they need to raise capital, right? That is sort of what Kickstarter is about. Um, maybe there are some upfront costs for them, depending on how they choose to do the distribution. But also, I don't know, maybe they think that, is, that Kickstarter also works as a form of marketing. Yeah, that, I think that's probably most likely it. You know, like try to gain some kind of critical mass um, for marketing. Because the the idea about the capital would make sense if they were struggling with production even domestically, right? Because capital shouldn't make a difference wherever you are, whether you're able to make pens. But that they're able to cre create these pens and keep inventory in Japan suggests to me that there's probably something more than, hey, we want to raise funds. But I think the marketing, I think that's probably mm. probably mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and we've got also a lot of news. So just hot off the presses, uh, another sailor. Didn't expect that. Uh, we have the Bunga Box Twinkle Milky Way. And this pen is kind of like a follow-up to the pen that they released at Tips last year, which was the, um, the Twinkle Stardust. That pen was very, very popular. I thought that was a bit like too blue, but it was a, like a bluish um, kind of navy pen with, with glitter. And then there was a, a Raden kind of star at the top. But it's hard to tell exactly what this one looks like because if, I'm honest what's going on with the photo there. I, I, you, you can't even see these threads on the, on the, on the finial, right? It, it's all blurred out. What it looks like to me is that they took a picture of the old one and then they did a masking in Photoshop. <laughs> but um, but what surprises me about that is supposedly they will get it in tomorrow. So that's strange to me. But I mean, I ordered a few um, all in Zoom Nib so I can grind them down uh, for, for anybody who wants to, to get a Twinkle Milky Way. Um, we also have other, uh, let's say, more rare... Um, collabs. We have Nagasawa's Elabo. I think that was pretty interesting. I mean, they did two, and I don't remember a uh, a store exclusive Elabo. Yeah, same here. It's an interesting choice. I don't, I, I don't have any sales figures to back it up. But but in my my impression is not that the Elabo is that popular. You don't see it very often in Japan, right? So I wonder why they chose that particular model. But it's it's interesting that they're doing it. The price is a little bit on the higher side, but... Uh... Yeah. And of course, the Elabo is the Pilot Falcon in the West. Right. Uh, so confusing. Yeah, so confusing because they have a different name for that. Um, we also have a few events. Um, there's a Kyoto event, a Tegaki event. Um, I think that one is still going on. Uh, despite the despite the uh, the state of emergency, and we have interestingly pen trading from Wagner in Hamatsucho next weekend. Yeah, so so the state of emergency is has, is now ending tomorrow, right? And it's and instead of state of emergency, we get this like a man and I can't remember what the name is, but it's kind of a lighter version of state of emergency. Uh, well, you're not really supposed to go between prefectures, I think, um, but they're not the same kind of restrictions on like being out late and so on. And because of that, Morrison decided that he 
that it's okay to do this pen trading event, which is usually the biggest Wagner event of the year. So this time it's going to be held next weekend in Hamamatsu Show, so the same venue as, as the Big Tokyo International Pen Show, and it's going to be both Saturday and Sunday. Next weekend? Yes. Are you going to go? I might be working, so I'm not sure. Yeah, that will be a few days after my vaccine. I'm getting my vaccine on Thursday, so I'm expecting it to be knocked out uh, over the weekend. Mm. But um, might stop by one day. I'm not sure if there's anything like really interesting, but I have been asked to look for a rare platinum pocket pen from like mm. the 80s or something. So might see if there's anything there. Um, but yeah, it, it's you know kind of finally getting back onto a normal schedule for them i suppose yeah. um i remember morisan was quite worried even the previous time so i wonder what kind of uh measures that they'll take this time especially since you know we've talked about it at length but people who attend wagner are kind of um more uh senior and so it seems to me that they would be more at risk but they're it's, more vaccine right <laughs> well, the thing is that apparently the more senior folks are not getting the vaccines here in Japan. And that's why I was able to get a reservation because they have these mass vaccination centers and they expected it to be you know, pretty crowded and instead nobody's there. So uh, I'm not actually sure. I wouldn't trust half of them to be vaccinated. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But for some reason, these um, like reservation uh, the, the call centers are are very crowded. It's hard to to call and make a reservation. And I guess some of the seniors may not be comfortable making a reservation via the website. So that might be part of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, moving on to the next topic. In my household, uh, there is now a different problem. Uh, we are infested with cats, with plastic cats. And uh, I kind of regret showing Akane, but she's now uh, in love with getting these like gachapon cats that supposedly are pen holders, but they're really bad because the paws are really small, so the pens always fall off. I mean, it's a cat party. Like, you can't have one cat. They have to be a party of cats. They're so cute, and there's about four series of these um, cats now. Um, and since we live in a quite a tourist-friendly area in the urban side of Tokyo, there's a lot of um, gachapons around, which there's a whole shop full of gachapons where there are small toys um, in themes, and you can put in about 300 yen to draw one cat, and they all come in different patterns. But they're all consistent in size. It's so cute. And what she's forgetting to tell you is that we seem to have bought out those stores. <laughs> but it's not just our household, right? Somebody else's household is also infested with cats. Yeah, because the infection started with you coming and giving the cat to my son. <laughs> we have <laughs> a common interest. <laughs> and it's always two cats and then he wants more to make a pyramid. And now we, ha we have around 12 and then my friend in Switzerland asked me to bring some. So I think I bought like 25 of them in total. <laughs> but it's 300 yen, right? And we yeah. can see that on some uh, accounts, some people send them like 20 dollars, something, US dollar. Yeah, so um, we see Pensachi selling these cats for 19 dollars. There's a $3 cat they're selling for $19. I think I might have to stop this like nib grinding nonsense and go sell cats instead. Yeah, let's design some cat with the, like a sailor or platinum or pilot t-shirts. <laughs> yes, it sounds like Pensachi owes Akane and Kue some influencer royalties for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of cats. So I think between us, we've got like 50 cats and Kue. Yeah, don't blame your son for these cats. I know that your husband has been texting us saying, stop posting the cats, you are a bad influence. And I know you're the one mainly playing with those cats. Yeah, I wait uh, as soon as he's in bed 
I start to take uh, most of his toys, like little cars, train, and uh, other stuff, bananas, uh, like vegetable, uh, wooden vegetable, and I start to make pyramids and tower with them. And uh, this kind of satisf- satisfaction, you know, to play with balance. And they are, they are quite difficult to put on top of each other. So I try to mix with other objects. It will be more stable. And, and my son is really happy in the morning before going to daycare to destroy. He, he has kind of Godzilla um side so he liked to see that i made something by night and destroy it in the morning so everyone is happy well also i've watched some highlights of the broadway cats and now i'm trying to line them up as if they are on broadway so now it's gone to a new level um it's a whole production yeah yeah so it's a it's a it's an infestation of cats we also so I, I fielded a question um, two weeks ago, and uh, one of the listeners said they were talking to Kuei, and she really wanted us to talk about glass pens. But I honestly didn't have a lot of knowledge about glass pens um, to be really talking about it. And I know that we've, we've got a few glass pens. I've got a Tuse, I've got a Matsubukuri, and I'm sure we have like some other like um, uh, Aon here. We, we've got, you've got some glass pens as well. Fancy Yeah, but... A, a very timely release of, uh, of, um, Shimibun was actually, uh, focused on glass pens, uh, I think just a few, like last week or mm-hmm. maybe the week before. Yes. And apparently there's a lot of different ways. I mean, obviously, right? There, there's a lot of different ways to like make glass pens, but in this particular, um, particular, uh, issue, they even talked about the different ways that these makers are making the nibs and how the nib shapes are different. Akane, can you tell us a little bit more about that? So um, I'm a novice as well. So I have been gaining more and more visual information through this whole issue. And um, we were watching some um, glass making um, competitions on Netflix. So we just assumed that there will be a just a mold to put the glass in and to um, to form the mold into that that sharp shape. And I thought that was the only way to make the nib, but there's also ways where they import um, like a glass uh, glass stick or a, um, a lead uh, with um, stripes, uh, strips of glass around it. So it would look like a look like a fat, rod and then it would have small bits of uh, smaller rods around it and they they would melt it and sharpen that. Um, There's also um, some makers where they would uh, just have strips of glass and they would bend it and make a more of a flexible shape and there are ways to make it straight and ways to make it twisted. Yeah so you know there's all of these like different ways and shapes and I honestly didn't know because I'm not like a huge glass pen person but there's definitely been a rise of glass pens as a trend in general right have you noticed that one thing I, I, I've noticed is that the uh, I mean glass pens are becoming more popular at the same time shimmering inks are becoming more popular but yet we have this, this there was this discussion a few months ago about how pigmented and shimmering inks aren't very suitable uh, for glass pens because of the you know the grooves they get they get stuck. So I'm wondering now, based on what Akana is saying, that there are different ways of making the nibs. If there are ways of making this glass nib in a way that's more like shimmering ink friendly. Yeah, probably has to do with like the size of the grooves too, mm-hmm. right? Yes, there's different sizing of the grooves, and um, they say that the ink flow is not determined by the depths of the grooves, but they they have to be uh, they have to be smoothened out and. Um, the flow of the ink is determined by how smooth those will trickle down, basically. Um, Ma- uh, Mariska had asked um, uh, asked me by um, by message is from the different nib has some fi- like some has some feedback like some are more um, elastic than others some are more hard and and how we can how we can know which one but I think. It, 
outside of testing them directly is quite complicated. They, they don't, they don't, they, the glass pen doesn't come with kind of ID card. So I think you, either you talk with the makers or you go to the shop and test them. It's not um, that easily. Um, yeah, if you buy one online, they won't, they won't have kind of ID card next to it to say, yeah, this one is a very hard nib or a soft nib or something like that. Yeah, and I'm looking now at uh, at the Shimibun episode or, or the issue right here, and it says that there are generally like three important parts of making the, the nib part. The first is the tip, you know, and how um, smooth it is, how, how large it is as a point in general. Then there's the, um, the ink channels and how deep that is. And then there's also a shape. So I kind of said just now, you know, like a twisted shape or a straight shape. Um, and each of the different makers have a different uh, way to do it. So Matsubokuri is like twisted, whereas Hase is more straight. And I, I think that's actually pretty interesting. I never really thought about glass pens um, having differences in nibs in that way. For me, glass pens are just like basically F or like at most M nibs, um, other than the Tuse one, which is a, a fantastic fat italic nib. But other than that, I didn't really think about how the the way that it's it's kind of molded or it's shaped how that would affect the writing mm. but you can see that if you test some cheap like not cheap but the first price of glass pen usually it will scratch a lot the paper so it's not comfortable like you can do some um, swatches but if you want to write like a sentence it's quite uh, uncomfortable and you won't like yeah it's not nice and the, the sound is very aggressive I think if, if it can be, yeah. Yeah, um, in the issue, it's that they use mm. uh, microscopes and also many grades of um, sand, sandpaper to really smooth the tip out, and that makes a lot of the difference in the writing. So I also know that there are these uh, popular, very affordable like acrylic uh, glass pens, right? And there's, there's some Chinese brands in particular that sell those. And I've tried a few of those, and first of all, they are not uh, twisted. It's all, all, all like straight... But also, as far as I remember, you cannot need to hold them like a brush, like vertically. I wonder if that has to do with the fact that the, the nib is not twisted or just the way that they, they make, uh, make the nibs. Yeah, let's say you have a tooth pen as well. Do you use it often? Um, I use it for like big swatching kind of things because it's not as comfortable as say like a parallel. But I wanted to point out in that article too, it's kind of interesting, there was an English speaker that makes uh, glass pens and that he might be more available to people overseas. And then Toos came out with a scroll um, flat tip, which I thought was really interesting. And I think the English speaker also makes like a two millimeter wide um, kind of a flat side pen too. That was pretty interesting. but. I was surprised at how many glassmakers they had and how many companies that I had never even heard of. And about the Tooth um, Italic flat pen, who was really popular when we talked about uh, last time on the podcast, uh, I saw that uh, you know, Shoko Yamazaki started a new design too, a flat design. He just posted yesterday on Instagram. And so I guess there's a, a big... Um, Right, yeah, it's it's almost like a, a flat italic tip. It's kind of interesting. I, I wonder if they will... Yeah, so the Tooth one is kind of like... It has a 180-degree twist. Mm -hmm. This one is purely flat, right? Mm -hmm. Like just straight uh, outwards. But clearly, it's, it's very inspired. It's the Lucas Mahoney, the Hanabi Glass Studio. It's on page 45. And he has a really interesting italic... It says two millimeters. Oh, okay, okay. So I thought that might be something that you know you might want to pass on to your listeners. They might actually be able to talk to them and have things mailed to them. That's right. Is he in the U.S.? Says fireworks, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't say whether he's in the U.S. or but not. But I think just communicating with someone might be easier. You know, if yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I didn't know about this. Uh, this glass pen maker, but his stuff looks pretty cool too. It does. It's mm. really beautiful. Yeah. And it's not a coincidence, right, that the magazine just uh, was printed out last week, right? 
and Okamotoya is doing like a one week event or something like every day they release a new a new designer a new uh, some new pens like it's for, for the last four days there's only glass pen on their Instagram feed seriously yeah I haven't been following them yeah I think it's also like easy to get into because you don't really have to think about oh how does this work yeah right like you just kind of dip it and then and just write it's more intuitive and it's i think it also feels more casual than getting a fountain pen i think fountain pens have like an image of being like kind of stuffy whereas you know you, you see this kind of pretty glass pen you just pick it up and you're like okay i know exactly what to do with this and it's really easy to clean like just yeah. that it's just you can test, you know, some, some of the ink you want to put them in your fountain pen, you just say, oh my God, it will take me like hours to get out all the shimmering or the metallic part. And with the glass pen, it's just so easy to clean. So you can try every uh, aggressive ink and you don't regret to, to make an, any mess in your pen. Yeah, so, so um, right now I'm trying to do like a, a hobonichi where like I write with um, different inks every day and um, this month I'm like trying to do like pride month color themes where I start off with a very dark shade of red and like try to like make it in a gradient but um, it's great when you have glass pens to try out all the inks that you have not swatched at all and like just try out all the little bits of shade and then try and find the perfect one to use for the day. Yeah, so just one thing about these glass pens I wanted to say is that the popular ones can be really hard to get hold of. And I'm not even talking about like international shipping. I mean, that even if you are here, if you are in the same city, right, uh, they do... Like, occasion they do these events or they have these like supreme like drops on their on their website so you need to be very close to follow the instagram account and you need to go to the web store at the best at the right minute i mean it makes buying a franklin christoph antique glass like a walk in the park by comparison <laughs> i think these are really hard to get hold of yeah and they're really expensive too i mean you can get you can get like twenty dollar glass pens from sase which is the one the guy that uh that started this a whole argument about how shimmering inks uh, shouldn't be put in glass pens. Mm. Um, and you can go up to like $400, $500 uh, mm. pretty easily, um, depending on the techniques used. And yeah, I think I prefer, I might prefer the ones that are like straight in terms of the the channels because I feel like that's easier to clean if they're twisted. They right. kind of have to do this like twisting motion in order to clean it. But again, I'm not... Uh, I'm not a big glass pen user, but maybe now I have to do more exploration. It does make a slight difference when the channels are curved because it holds more ink purely. And also like you're supposed to twist the glass pen a little yeah, bit yeah. as you write. Like when we come back to the conversation about the drill log, right? The drill log is kind of very engineered yes. uh, for maximal flow in that way so if you look at the drill lock that you have is that twisted or is that flat i think yeah. it's twisted right yeah it twisted in a way i feel like the drill lock are sort of the the, the conids of the glass pen world and it's an, an engineer's take on it yeah that's that twisted yeah so i mean we definitely do want to do more research on this but again these can get expensive real quick <laughs> and you can't really like bring them around like you you're not gonna pocket carry a glass pen but, but that's one of the advantages of Drillog, and that's something I think Alessa mentioned in one of her YouTube videos that I mean, these are built like a tank, right? It, it's hard to really damage these. Yeah, that's right, that's right. All right, um, so moving on, we do want to follow up on the Tomoe River saga. Yeah. Jacob, you wrote a, a very excellent and definitive um, blog post about it. Can you talk us a bit through about that? Yeah, so 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 previously, and we talked about it on the podcast, I talked to Sakai Technical Paper because I wanted to understand uh, whether they sell anything with new Tomo River paper. And their response to me was that they only sell a specific type of loose leaf paper with 52 GSM. And we have it on the table here. So there are no, note, there are no notebooks and there's no 64, sorry, 68 GSM by Sakai. But what was not clear to me is whether 68 GSM even exists anymore, if, if, you, if you can um, buy it. Uh, so, and I couldn't really get a straight answer from Sakai about that. So I contacted um, uh, Tomo River, sorry, Tomo Gawa directly. So you can go to their website and there's this like 
contact form and you have to say what you contacted them about and, and you write something. So I did that and like within hours I got a long reply from someone from the like paper sales division in Kyobashi with a few people CC'd including someone in the Shachoshi. So it seemed very formal but they gave me a lot of good answers. So first of all um, they clarified, clarified the lineup which was not clear to me before. So, so right now there are like three main types of Tomoe River. So you have what they call the Mat or Matto Tomoe River, uh, which I think refers to the coating, but that is mainly for printing and it's available in both the thinner and thicker versions. Then there is the Techo version or the planner or notebook version, which is the, the famed 52 GSM version. And then finally there's something called N. N does not mean like new Tomoe River as in, you know, post-2019, but it's just another type of Tomoe River with a different type of coating, I guess. Uh, which was also originally meant for printing, but they later developed a version of Tomoe River N for stationery. And this, this is only available in 68 GSM. And that is, when we talk about Tomoe River 68 GSM, we mean the N version. So they clarified that lineup and they clarified that this N version existed prior to the switch over to the new machine. They also clarified that you can buy both 52 and 68 GSM today. The difference is that 68 or N is made to order. And I think that might be why you don't see as much of it because I think that makes it out of reach for probably smaller notebook makers because you probably need to commit to a fairly big min quantity to do that. But you can order it today um, from Tomogawa. So they clarified that. Um, and then, of course, I had to ask them the obvious question. I, I wasn't sure that whether they would tell me anything, but I asked, I told them that, you know, I read your medium term management update where you said that you're going to shut down the machine that makes Tomoe River um, during this financial year. So, you know, what's going, what's going to happen with Tomoe River? Are you going to move production somewhere else? And then they replied and said that you're right that we are shutting down the machine. We are currently looking into a contact manufacturing or like, um, Itaku. Uh, they're currently looking into it and once they have more detail finalized they're gonna they're gonna tell their like, distribution partners what's going on so nothing is final yet and uh, obviously otherwise you would have heard about that through other channels but they are looking into it so it's not all dark yeah i i wonder though because that implies that they're not going to actually be making the paper so, would it still be like Tomoe River? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but it's hard to say, of course. I mean, I, I don't even understand why, why, why it changed when the same company at the very same site in Shizuoka, when it just moved from one machine to another, why it even changed. So, I don't understand that much about paper production, but the very fact that they're willing to tell like some random guy with a blog and a podcast that they're looking into this <laughs> would suggest to me that they have some level of confidence in it, right? Yeah, and, and you know, this is just, as we said before, Tomigawa is a, a massive um, company. Mm. And I suspect that they've been getting a lot of inquiries mm. recently, and that's why they had such a readily prepared answer for you? Yeah, but, 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 but it wasn't really prepared because I, I asked them like three specific questions and then, and then they, they, had, they answered each of those questions and then I replied, and I replied and said, like, thank you so much for these answers. Uh, would you be okay if I post this on my blog and talk about it on a podcast? A few hours later, they replied, and not only did they say yes, but they did their own translation into English, which, by the way, wasn't a very good translation. <laughs> but, but they said, you can post this as it is. Yeah, and I think that's like very much the, the definitive version, right? Like, we hear stuff like wood pulp. Clearly, that's not yeah. been true. We, we heard um, that Tom River had stopped production in December 2020, which is obviously, again, not true. Um, we're hearing like all sorts of different like stuff um, but I think your blog is really just the definitive version like straight from the horse's mouth as they say but yeah we, we will try to keep on top of the story and if we heard something else we will definitely talk about it yeah um, but also adjacent to that we have um, you know since the beginning of this saga yeah. we've uh, 
we've started to experiment with a lot of different papers. You know, what yeah. could be, you know, in the in the case that uh, Tomura does not continue, right? Because th- they said they're looking into yeah. outsourcing. For me, that it's like a medium medium high. It's it's probably I would put it at about maybe like sixty to seventy percent. Um, but there's by no means any guarantee. So in the event that Tomer River does go out of production, um, or or if the new new Tomer River is not as good, um, you know what are our other options? So we've gathered here today to do a lot of paper tasting, and I have to say, Kwe, you are the one with the most comprehensive testing on the table. Jacob, you've done very comprehensive testing between like the different versions of Tomer River as well. So maybe Kwe, you can talk us through the different papers that you've brought here today and what your favorites are. Yeah. So the um, uh, since like two or two or three episodes ago when we st- this Tomer River hunting paper start and I saw people panicking on Instagram and just like ordering kilos of Amazon Tomer River every stationery shop that they know they can hold some of their notepad or notebooks. And I was like, yeah, look at me. I just ordered just before you, you released the, 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 the first episode on Tomer River. I just ordered some, some stock, but I was like, in case the paper disappear, we have plenty of other options. And I wanted to, like, I, I want to try to find um, my yeah my second favorite because of course Tommy River will stay my favorite paper for Fontaine Pen, and I was quite surprised that on the market there is a lot but really a lot of very very good paper for Fontaine Pen. They all react differently to to the type of inks you you would like to use. Like if you you want your inks to show some shade or some sheen or shimmering inks or really uh, pigmented ink um, or very wet inks. Some paper won't react as well as Tomori River, who is more uh, universal, I, I would say, for, for any type of inks. But you can find a very big uh, range of price, like really cheap uh, uh, Hakuen shop, like 100 yen shop papers to a very... Um, um, Big production papers like Tsubame in Japan, you can find Tsubame paper everywhere. Campus paper, you can find them everywhere. And um, uh, min, uh, Midori papers, like the one who is using traveler notebooks. Um, Midori has his own brand of notebooks with MD. This one you can find like in almost every um, stationery shop uh, in Japan. And I know they are quite represent in US and Europe, even on Amazon, uh, Amazon US. And so I, I really start to collect, like, first in my art, uh, craft room, <laughs> because I had a lot, like, drawers filled with notebooks. So I, I take out all the notebooks I was keeping, like, for, for later, you know, you, you buy notebooks because you, you see they are nice or something, and you keep it for later, but you never use them because you add more notebooks and more and more. So I was like, okay, this is, now this is the moment where they can all, uh, be on the on the how say the on the on the stage, and uh, I took out a lot of uh, like Muji paper, Muji cotton papers, and uh, I I contact some of the uh, notebooks producer in Japan, and some send me uh, one one or two notebooks to to test and to review. So I want to thank, for example, um, uh, Kunisawa who Kunisawa paper who are like kind of high-end, very uh, elegant, beautiful uh, ring notebooks. And they have a quite um, thick paper uh, compared to Tomoe River 52 gram. So you don't uh, see through, but it it supports all the ink I test. It supports very well. There's no bleeding, no no seeing through. And I I talk with the Kunisawa owner and... uh, Sorry, he or she, I'm not, I'm not sure, um, said that uh, they used to use fool's paper right. years ago. And they were quite surprised because in Japan, usually people uh, really enjoy them. But yeah. in outside Japan, in like other countries, they got really bad reviews. Like this, people test them and said that the, the batch was bad, the ink didn't react correctly and stuff like that. 
So they really try to change and they, they listen to their, uh, their, their customer, the user, and they, they change. So now they are working with another small uh, company. They didn't want to say the name sure. uh, out, uh, but um, it's not a secret, they said, but they prefer to keep it in like professional uh, only. And, um, and it's very, like, I was surprised. The paper is of very good quality and, and the notebook itself, uh, if you want to, you can, I will take some picture later, but if you want to have a look, uh, it's really like a chic, very elegant notebook. It's a ring one, but the ring is like a bronze color. So it, it doesn't seem cheap. It's, it's a really nice, uh, notebook and they have a whole range. And I think you will be interested, Alicia, because they have a, a line with um, fabrics uh, cover. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, and nice. the William no and they make the William Morris and it's a very, like, very nice. If you want to have a nice journal, font and pen friendly, like check out their their website because and the the team is really really adorable. They answer all my questions. We chat for I don't know how many hours and and I ask if they have other production other papers who are not front and pen friendly. But they, yeah, they're really uh, patient and they listen to their, their user because you can see a lot of review from, from like uh, uh, Gumet pens from uh, many people on, on, um, on Instagram have tested their paper and it's like the new, the new production is really, really good. Like I, I had no problem with the, the previous one, but this one is was like no, no problem with any inks. And um, we were talking about airmail, um, um, onion skin paper, and uh, you, you said, CY, that you had some like bleeding with some onion skin paper you, you bought on Amazon, right? Or online, I don't remember. Yeah. And we, we were like talking about there's different kind of onion skin paper or airmail paper. Like airmail, no, airmail paper usually is coat. So it will be really, really thin. You will see through, but the ink won't. Um, uh, say uh, bleed, so you won't have any damage on the next page. Uh, don't never buy the um, 365 fountain pen friendly papers. It's the worst. You just put like the nib, the nib just touch the paper and you go through three, five, six page. I don't understand why. I, I don't understand why they call it fountain pen. We we talk about it like yeah. offline, but. Why? It's not a fountain pen friendly at all. It's only for pencil, I guess. Or maybe like a ballpoint, point, but not for fountain pen. But the airmail, um, the onion skin uh, paper from the um, this uh, American brand who, has, who made very nice uh, notebook too. So the onion skin journal on Instagram. Uh, the same, they sent me a journal to test and it's a very, like, the, the noise is incredible, so I have to <laughs> share it with our listeners. This is real onion skin. The noise is incredible. So it's really translucent paper and the same. You see through, but you won't, the ink won't get on the second page. Yeah. It's a beautiful uh, notebooks. Um, with fabrics, uh, fabrics um, uh, cover, hard, hard cover, and uh, they have this design with this um, Ouroboros. yeah, Ouroboros, uh snake, infinity snake on the on the cover. They restock. They they do small batch and in the US, I guess in Florida, if I'm not wrong, and. They restock quite uh, often. They add new colors, and they de if you don't want to have like a notebook, like you are afraid. You know this kind of the, the blank notebook. You're always afraid to start a new notebook. Either you do as me, you just bring them all and just start to test all your inks, and then they all got like printed. Or they have this notepad. If you are, you want to test this paper, but you don't want to have a full notebook, they have the notepad so you can write letters and stuff like that. I, the one that I got was um, Plover Vintage Onion Skin Paper, and my issue is that. Um, if I use a pen with a lot of ink flow, right? So if I'm using like a flex pen or like mm. a parallel pen, there's where I get most of the problem with a kind of um, bleeding through is not like get, it doesn't get into the next page. Mm -hmm. But um, I do see that the color uh, changes is not exactly 
the the same color or um you know on the reverse it's kind of like uh it it, it kind of has some kind of a bleed through not as much yeah. as to the next page mm -hmm. but um but but you can see definitely that there's uh uh it, it's not well, I guess it's normal, right? That it doesn't act like a standard uh, mm -hmm. paper. The second thing is that um, because it's, it's textured, mm -hmm. so a lot of times I can't, I can only use round nibs on onion skin paper. Mm -hmm. So if I'm using like flex, I find that it catches on the tines, mm -hmm. or if I use like italic, it, it kind of catches. Yeah. yeah. So so that's my main issue. And then the third thing is that when I write, um, I I. Uh, I, I sweat when I write, right? Like, right, especially in the summer. And so usually I do try to put something underneath my hand, but I do find that, um, you know, from top to bottom, and this is why I don't use life paper actually, because life paper, um, the top is fine, it's beautiful. But when you get to the bottom, everything is like, you know, spread and like oily. And, you know, it's just not, it's like it's not the same paper. Yeah. And I find that um, with onion skin paper, um, particularly with some inks, you do see this kind of feathering uh, going on just because of the texture of the, mm -hmm. the paper, because the, the paper itself is kind of feathery, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I think um, the one that you brought is, is actually a really uh, beautiful example of um of the paper so yeah maybe i should go back and try uh with my onion skin paper uh journal as well and i was quite surprised by the bank uh we, we had this discussion with jacob once like the bank paper from life react quite funny with one ink the maruzen dokan nihonbashi dokan the, the the bronze medal where it react yellow instead of orange on every different papers on the bank it's it the the sheet is yellow we don't know what what chemistry happening there but but what's interesting to me about that is that the test i did was with this new takasago premium bank paper which is actually something it feels quite different well i think the life one is, is the i don't know what you call it, like the, the the old the yeah. traditional bank papers i don't know what makes something bank paper i don't know what, <laughs> what it is right but clearly there seems to be a property that these two have in common that makes them more more lighter as you say mm -hmm. but also I, i would really like to echo like quest recommendations that there are these there's there's cheap really good paper in various places right and especially you mentioned Muji's um, the cotton paper. Yeah. It doesn't show like, shading quite as nice as you know, Grafilo or Tomorrow, but it's really nice to write on and you don't really have any, any bleed through and that's dirt cheap. And also you talked about Kokio Campus. When you buy Kokio Campus refills, there are two kinds. There's the more common uh, Sarasara Kakiru refills, yeah. which aren't that good, I will say. And then there's a slightly less common Shikari Kakuru refills. And those are really good, they have a nice texture and they handle, handle ink really well. And it's dirt cheap, absolutely dirt cheap. And you also mentioned like 100 yen shops like Daiso. You can find fantastic paper at Daiso. The only problem is you might never find that same over again, right? Mm -hmm. Daiso has very small, uh, they have very small um, batches. They, they sell once and one year or one season later, they don't have the same, exactly the same product anymore. So yeah. either you test and you really like it, you go and buy the whole stock and then you are, you are safe for a little while. And I just want to mention that MD, um, Midori, has this Midori uh, normal like white or yeah. cream paper. And they have the second line with Midori cotton oh. paper, who will be a little bit like, I think, the Muji one, like the... the, the the touch, the aspect is a bit similar, thick, not thicker, but more, um, with more, um, how would say, um, grain, I don't know. Texture? Texture, yeah. So, Lassa, you have you done much paper tasting um, of your own, or are you going to just, whatever Tomorrow River comes out, you're going to use that? Well, now that I've found out that my Tomorrow River, new Tomorrow River, was a bad batch, I mean, it's similar enough, the one that I just tried here with Jacobs. So um, I'm happy with it. I mean, no one paper is going to be perfect for everything. So Yeah, and uh, maybe we can spend a little bit of time on this bad batch because uh, I remember last year um, I was prowling around the uh, Panatic Slack 
And some customers had received from Musubi a uh, Book of Tomorrow that was um, basically, you know, not performing as it should, you know, bleeding, feathering, going all over. And so Dao from Musubi actually did an investigation and found this bad batch. So, I uh, you know, if you have a batch of Tomorrow that's not good, like you're not crazy, right? Like there was a batch of Tomorrow that was just not very, uh, not very good. I'm sure there's like more than one batch, but um, let's say Alyssa, in the imaginary world that Tomer River does not um, does not outsource, right? So Tomer River gone. It's like a rare Grail vintage paper now. What paper would you use? Well, my answer is probably not a good one for people. Like I would use Grafilo or Takasago premium bank paper, and those are kind of hard to get. But I would say, you know, for just easily to obtain paper, it would be Tsubame, their fool's cap. And yeah. I think you can get those, like, even on jet pens and stuff for, like, five bucks. Yeah. Jacob, what would you use? Well, I've never been using Tome River that much to begin with. Uh, <laughs> I think I think my favorite, like, everyday paper might be Midori MD. I, I, it's, it's just perfect in any every possible way. Okay. Yeah, I think Midori is a very good, um, um, I'd say, um, not not second choice because it's, it's different, but uh, it's a very good um, plan, well, plan B, yeah. um, as it's really uh, easy to find, at least in Japan, quite affordable, not the most expensive one, and it has a very good, um, like you see all the sheen, you see all the um, shading, and as a user of Traveler Notebooks, I, I'm quite used of this paper, so it's not a surprise or something. Actually, I want to revise my answer because I, I, I'm not <laughs> going to use, I mean, I think that's sort of the point. I'm not going to use like just one kind of paper, just yeah. like I don't use just one pen or you stick to one ink. Like this is fun. What we're doing here, testing paper, this is fun. This is, I enjoy this just as much as I enjoy trying new pens and trying new inks. I, I'm, I'm going to use a new kind of paper every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. Akane? Help, I'm drowning in paper. The whole house is turning into Tomoe River warehouse right now. And cats. And cats. I need to have the cats move the paper away. Oh, yeah, you can make a... You can make I can a, make a cat pile. A cat barrage with, and they hold, like, tons of Tomoe River. On yeah, top. I think I need to have a Tomoe River parade in the house. Yeah, I've got about 10 years worth of Tomoe River... For my personal use, if ten have... years, I get I think one hundred. No, no, maybe five years, maybe five years. I have five years, um, but if I have to share, that obviously means that it's uh, split in half. Um, but yeah, I think Grafilo for me is a is a close um, option. Uh, the texture is a bit different, but you know it, it's it works uh, pretty well. I, I quite like the paper. The is problem the ink you use on Grafilo. Maybe, maybe. But some never dry. For me, I've never had that issue. Okay, try emerald or shiva, and you see they never dry. I, I have, and I haven't had that problem. Maybe you have a bad batch of grafilo, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe because I use a flex nib, so yeah. it's like it's like a pond of ink, and it's ne- every time I touch my finger, it's green. But I've dumped. Yeah. Um, the problem with grafilo is obviously it's it's a bit expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, it's pretty good paper for for what it is um but jacob speaking of you know you said you're never going to use one ink one pen one paper we have somebody here who's just finished doing that for 30 days can you tell us a bit about that experience yeah i'll be putting out a video next week on that but um the main thing in so many ways it was uh, easier than i thought because once you get in the groove but like today um trying all this different paper and ink. I, I, I missed it <laughs> a lot. Yeah, and you've managed to convince some other people to, to do this challenge with you as well. None of us here because we're not crazy. <laughs> um, but some other crazy people on, on Instagram have kind of accepted your challenge. And what's been the feedback uh, on that? Actually, it seems like for a lot of them, it was like discipline. It was like, I think it was difficult for them. I was constantly getting messages going, well, CY sent me a pen and I want to use it. Should I? Like, like I'm their mom? I'm like, well, if you want to. <laughs> but um, I think for a lot of them, it was deprivation in um, 
probably I went in a little bit deeper, really limiting myself. I only used one paper, so I had to cut pieces of paper out of my journal to like take notes or send letters or whatever. So since I went so deep, it was probably a little bit easier for me. But but there there's sort of two rules to this, right? First of all, you can't you only have to can only use one pen and ink, right? But the second part is you couldn't buy anything new. Correct. Right? And I Correct. think that's what people have been complaining about. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. And then you know, the funny thing is, uh, talking to my husband about it, you know, he's a non-pen person. Hmm. And he's like, they can't go a month without buying a pen? <laughs> you know, and he was just completely, I'm like, no, that's really hard. You don't understand. But yeah, that was that was the biggest complaint I got. Where people right. were talking about buying new paper, buying a new bottle right. of ink or a new pen or something. And and yeah, I didn't. I didn't look at a lot of social media. I'm gonna close out with this, right? Uh, let's say it's year 2022. You know, one year from now, would you do it again? Oh yeah. You do it again. So. All right. So next year, uh, we're gonna have round two of the 30 days <laughs> challenge. And from... gonna do it too, right? See no, I'm not gonna do it. No way. But, I, but I've already done it, but, but involuntarily because my, my broke my arm. I couldn't write for oh, one for one month. So. so it was a little bit easier that way, wasn't it? But did yeah. you buy stuff? No, because I was kind of depressed about the whole thing. I didn't want to buy anything. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You kind yeah. of get in that groove yeah. and you just kind of go with it. Yeah. But Jacob, I would argue that yours is a bit different. You were like zero pen, zero inks. All right. So um, I think that wraps up the episode. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. You know, we, we've kind of blasted through a lot of topics today um i hope the editing goes well because this is kind of like a new setup for us but yeah it's been it's been lots of fun so um we really hope that you can make it your instagram story tell a friend about the podcast you know help us spread the word write it write a review on our podcast all of those things really really help us but most of all keep listening and you know thank you so much my name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm a Fudder fan on Instagram and on Twitter and have a blog that I finally updated. And thank you for having me. My name is Cray. I'm Mirai Cat on Instagram. Thanks, guys. I'm Elisa Inky Rocks on YouTube and IG. And I'm Akane. Just Akane. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.